Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome back to my independence report for the third time today. We're going to give this a shot and see if we can make this work. This is new technology, and so there are days days when it doesn't work as well as we might like. Matt is here, and we've got a great guest on the show today. Her name is Lisa Fairman, and uh, she is... How to describe you? It's hard to describe all the things that you do. You're a marathon runner. You are a, you've had a couple of heart surgeries. Mm-hmm. You are an entrepreneur. You're a mother of four. You're a wife. And it's, it's amazing. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It is so cool to have you here that, uh, and you know, my dad who passed away about yes. 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, you would talk to my sister and you guys worked at Nordstrom's at the same time yes. and all of that. By the way, Matt, how are you? fantastic okay good we're gonna we're gonna try and make this go as as fluid as possible today because uh, i'm really excited about having you here and what we're gonna do on wednesdays which is girl power wednesdays and it's about women it's about women's issues girls issues and and we want to help enlighten and uh to promote their strength and who they really are love it and you are awesome at that so they we're happy to have you here. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Tell me about you growing up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm adopted. I was born with a heart defect um, in my heart, so congenital heart disease. I was born without a pulmonary valve in my heart. And I did pretty well without it. was able to do, um, I played soccer. I did dance. Um, when I was a teenager, I started getting extremely exhausted all the time. My hands and feet would turn blue. Um, cardiologist, uh, team at Seattle children's. I had Dr. Sam, who's just a legend there. Um, uh, just really noticed that my heart was really enlarging. And so, uh, we went in and they tried to do a minor surgery and realized I had no uh, pulmonic valve and so that I needed a donor valve. And so, I then had a 300-pound man's uh, pulmonic valve put in my heart, and I was just such a wonderful blessing that I was able to have that surgery, and that um, that the the new valve was not rejected, and that I could continue. And uh, the so now, so now, if you had not had that valve, mm-hmm. if that technology didn't exist, would you be here sitting there? No, I would not. Wow. So. Just as a just as an aside, mm-hmm. that three hundred pound guy who gave you his heart valve obviously is no longer here. Right, but he was able to do something spectacular in him leaving his body to help you stay in yours. Right. So yes, and I feel really grateful. I I was really grateful for it at the time, and I and I still am. And um, you know, so for those of you who are organ donors, you you can really affect people and and change lives. And so, yeah, so I grew up um, not being able to do aerobic exercise after that, and I was able to have my two children um, 
and was very lucky and had a lot of care to make sure to monitor my heart during that time. And then after I had my daughter, who's 11, uh, the cardiology team at the University of Washington, Dr. Stout and all of her amazing colleagues um, told me, you know, we think you can do some aerobic exercise. We think you can actually, you know, go ahead and do some more activity. And I was beyond thrilled. Just so excited. I have to tell you, I was with my wife when she had both of our boys. And I'm, you know, it's kind of like, if you can have a child, you should be able to run right, a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's funny, because when I was giving birth to, you know, I had to have all the heart stuff hooked up to me. And so every, it was like, yes, but having a baby, everybody's like just watching, you know, my heart, <laughs> making sure everything's okay. But yeah, so I was really, uh, really, you know, lucky to be able to be active at that point. And so I started running and the doctors were like, whoa, we're, we need to really watch this carefully. But they um, decided to just kind of let me have my way. And so I started really just running a lot. And so this was running. <laughs> I know. I like to run. Yes, yeah, so exactly. This is about, so this is uh, 11 years ago. And since then I've ran uh, 25 marathons, 350Ks, and I'm training for my first 50 miler. Now, running a marathon is, the, which is what, 26 miles? Yeah, 26.2. And how did you feel at the end of those? Yeah, you know, so um, I had a open heart surgery in the middle of this 10 oh, years. Geez. And so the ones right before that, I did not feel very good. But, um, you know, running a marathon, you go through so many emotions. And, and some of your races are better than your others. And so, uh, yeah, so all kinds of different emotions. But yeah, my first marathon I ran was in Phoenix and I did raise money for Seattle Children's Hospital and they just loved it that I, um, as being a heart patient, I was able to do that and it was great to raise money and, um, and, and, you know, I did definitely feel a really big sense of accomplishment with that. You're a really good poster gal for that to the, the surgeon who did, <laughs> who did your heart. Yeah. Thing. Like, look at that. Right. If I'm your surgeon, you can run marathons. Yes. Yes. That's yes. pretty cool. Yeah. So my last open heart surgery five years ago, I, uh, they had to put in a pig valve. And so I asked them to please find a very fast running pig. Was it a 300 pound, a really fast pig? <laughs> I know. I know. Probably not. But I, thankfully, you know, I've got this pig valve and, um, and I'm, you know, stronger and, and better for it. Now, are you all done with, with heart surgeries? Um, so, you know, it will, that valve will someday wear out. And, um, the, the wonderful team at University of Washington created a stint that the pig valve goes in. And so hopefully next time they can go through a, a catheter through my leg and just pull out the old valve and put in the new. And who knows what animal they'll be using next time. <laughs> well, you know, hopefully by the time next time comes around that they'll yeah. be able to clone your own heart material. Right. right. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. And so there's there's a lot of amazing studies that... Uh, um, that are being done right now on on uh, hearts and so there's lots of great things to come awesome awesome it's, it's amazing though that you have done everything that you've done and you're still continuing and you're doing so much more uh with with your business and and let's let's talk about your business a little bit yeah uh which is girl power sport you can find us at girlpowersport.com and what was your passion around that what got you yeah. started doing that you know, so I've always been drawn to athletics and also to um, apparel. And so I 
Um, you know, I had my first job in the mall when I was 15. I started working for Nordstrom when I was 18, worked my way up there, had amazing mentors along the way. And I had just set a goal, you know, I'm going to be um, a children's apparel buyer. I'm going to be a buyer. And so no matter what, I mean, I, they used to tease me that I used to come in with housekeeping <laughs> because I would come <laughs> in so early and work so late. And, uh, you know, I just was really driven. This is what I want to do. And I was going to be successful at that, you know, no matter what. I'll tell you that company, uh, it's a, it's a great company to work for, Yeah, but they are yes. tough. They are tough. They are tough. They really, they, they really work. I can speak from personal experience. You know, I worked for Nordstrom's when I was 18 as well. Oh, really? I yeah. sold ladies' shoes. Awesome. Had no idea what Your I was shoe doing. shoe dog. I was a shoe dog and had no idea what I was doing. And to this day, I cannot walk into a Nordstrom without feeling like, oh, gosh, I've got to go sell some shoes. <laughs> right. It was, it was, it was yeah. so I can't even go in there anymore. But yeah. the type of person that they, they promote, is the type of person that is driven right and is willing to really really work hard because yeah. that's and when you're a buyer if a lot of people don't understand how much pressure there is when you're a buyer oh yeah yeah it's, so much pressure you're only as good as yesterday's sales exactly that's all exactly yes and you know and you you have to manage your budget um and i mean it's a tough job and for me i you know i loved working on the sales floor and so when they um Gosh, bless, you know, Matt Sanders, who said, you know, I'm going to take a chance on you. And he said, I'm going to try and stick your big giant personality in a cubicle and we'll see how it works. <laughs> <laughs> and so luckily, you know, I had some amazing mentors, uh, Tim Carey, Christine Lindstrom along the way, fabulous people who really inspired me. And, uh, you know, I, it was a little tricky for me to sit at a desk, to be honest. That was the hardest part of the job. But, I, you know, I, that's what I'd wanted to do. And when I left Nordstrom, um, I left because I had my son. It was just too much travel at that time for me. And so I did some other things along the way. I was one of the uh, original, one of the, gosh, I think I, I might have been the 12th or so buyer at Zulily. Um, when Zulily started their Seattle-based company here, they were one of the original flash sale sites. And they hired a bunch of ex-Nordstrom buyers because um, they loved how well we were trained, like you were saying. Sure. And our work ethic. And uh, at the early days of Zulily, we did everything. I mean, we... You had to just, um, I mean, we wrote our own copy. We did, I mean, we got the pictures from the vendors. We did everything. And I worked so hard there. And so I was just kind of drawn to sports there. And so I um, really just grasped onto athletics and really trying to grow that business. And so um, I was the sports buyer there. Uh, I have lots of silly stories of uh, just knocking down doors and coming from Nordstrom where everybody wanted to talk to me as a buyer and then being on the other side with this new startup, trying to explain to people what we did, trying to explain that we didn't buy merchandise up front, why they should do business with us. Um, it was just a totally different experience and really, I mean, we cold called all day long. I mean, literally all day. We would go to trade shows, we'd 
beg people to work with us. I had one trade show uh, where I convinced the company, I'm like, okay, I need to go to this dance show in Chicago and I'm going to get all this business. It's going to be amazing, you know? And so the budgets were tight in those days. And so they were like, okay, that's fine. So I get there, I get to Chicago and it's midnight and I'm sitting in this taxi and uh, I just checked my email on my phone and I got an email from the show saying, oh, I'm so sorry, but you can't come to the show because we thought you were a different kind of buyer and we just, we can't have you. And so I had just a panic moment batting anxiety of like, oh my gosh, you know, the company just paid for me to be here. What am I going to do? And so I decided I'm going to get all dressed up. Um, I'm going to just, you know, show up and see what I can do. So I get to the show and I'm just all dressed up and they're like, nope, sorry, you can't come in. You know, we can't let somebody from Zulily come in. I'm so sorry. And I said, well, actually I'm a dancer and <laughs> I'm sure they're like, <laughs> I said, I'm a dancer and I know you have dancers that come to the show and I'm from the Zulily School of Dance and they finally let me in. And so it was great. We really grew our business with that show um, and, and just so many funny stories along the way of just working so hard. And um, one thing I noticed when I was there that there was this great like niche market with gymnastics and just the growth of athleisure, you know, their... Um, was really just something there. And so I had in the back of my mind and my assistant buyers can probably remember me saying someday I'm going to start my own company. And I'm sure they were like, yeah, right. You know, and I had someday I'm going to, I'm going to start my own company. And so when, um, Zulily grew and grew and grew and went public and I made kind of a chunk of change from that. And, um, was kind of like ready for a change. And so I interviewed at Amazon, um, trying to figure out, you know, I was going to go into something in sports there. And then I just told my husband, I'm like, Hey, I just have this idea and, you know, bless him. He just really supported me on my idea and on my vision. And, uh, so I wanted to create an activewear line, um, that crosses over from dance and gymnastics that fits the average girl. Um, and I, just believed so strongly that that product belongs in dance stores, belongs in gyms, and belongs in um, specialty stores and big box retailers. And so that was just my passion. And I had the idea of girl power sport, um, which means that girls have the power from within and that we want to encourage goal-driven and active girls. And with that power, they can do um, anything that they want to set their mind to and that kindness is strength and so you get your power from being kind kindness to each other kindness to the earth kindness to animals and just really wanted to encourage girls to be um, goal-driven and active where did you come up with that because yeah. that is a pretty interesting uh, philosophy where, where, yeah. where does that come from you know I think um you know, I've always been interested in women's issues. I grew up, um, you know, reading Marianne Williamson books and I would write and write down, I would literally with a highlighter and I would, you know, I, I love to write and I loved, I had just such a huge imagination. And so I just really wanted to, to get that across that, you know, girls can do anything. And I think, um, you know, my parents were a little bit of like hippies and they really believed that <laughs> in a sense, you know, that they, they just believed that anything is possible. And so I was always taught that. And so I think as I got older and it was interesting to see that not everybody believed the same thing. And so I just feel really passionate about that. And yeah, Matt. 
would it be fair that girl power equates to no barriers? Yeah, no barriers. And so I have um, my logo for girl power sport is a heart. And so, uh, and it's kind of a girl like coming out of a heart. And so obviously for me, um, you know, with my heart, um, just the things that I've been able to overcome. And I just really want to encourage girls that they can do anything no matter what their limitations are. Oh, absolutely. I, by the way, I met her. Marianne Williamson. Oh, did you really? I did. Amazing. And I interviewed Neil Donald Walsh, and I've interviewed uh, wow. Gary Zukoff, yeah. and, and wow. bunches wow. and bunches of these. And they all, well, not all, but many of them have the same philosophy as you do, that it comes from within, that you are all powerful, that you can do whatever you choose to do. Yeah. And what we as people tend to do is to say, no, I can't. Right. And right. so we have this conversation with ourselves. Yeah. I wish I could do that. I wish I could do a clothing line. I wish I could run a marathon. I wish I could be healthy. I wish I could have four kids and a wonderful husband. No, I can't do that. That would yeah. be too hard. What I think might have happened to you, Lisa, is that you didn't have self-doubt. You got the word no. Your heart condition, anything cardiovascular, anything that would kick up the caffeine, I think that word no helped you say yes yeah. And you went after those barriers and look at your life. You no, are testimony. Yeah. She did not recognize the word no. Yeah, that's the that is true. Because yes. because she didn't believe that that word was possible. Yeah. She thought she could do any anything. And <laughs> when you believe that, you can do you can do anything. Right. Yeah, so my second open heart surgery, um I had amazing doctors, fabulous nurses, but we did have one doctor that was just the doctor that would just kind of come through and check randomly on the floor. And they were really struggling to get my pain under control. And so those of you who've gone through surgeries, you know, that can be really challenging when you're in the hospital. And, uh, you know, my mom's there, uh, my husband's there, my dad, uh, we're just really struggling with that. And this nurse or doctor comes in and checks on me and says, you know, just so you know, you're not going to run again. And I was like, what? And my mom was just beside herself. It's like, why are you telling her that? I mean, even if it was true, why would you tell somebody that in the hospital? And so I took that and, you know, I was like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. And I couldn't even speak because I, <laughs> I had the, the thing in my throat, but I was just so, you know, that when people tell me no, I just think that fuels me more. This, oh yeah. This reminds me of a talent scout Years ago, the same afternoon, he told Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds that they just didn't have it. They were in the wrong profession. Wow. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at Lisa now, and I see a lot of that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness, to be in that company. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> with, with who? I'm sorry. <laughs> with Burt Reynolds? and The same afternoon, a talent scout told Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood independently that they just didn't have it and that they were in the wrong trade. Well, they had a lot of Lisa in them. They believed in themselves. And if you talk to people that are really successful, all of them have got the same core belief that they can do anything that they that they choose to do. And if you choose to do it, you 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 will be fine. And yeah. and there's uh, the people that and that's really what I want to get out of this segment that we're going to do on Wednesdays. The girls have to believe in themselves. Yeah. They have to look in the mirror mm -hmm. and they have to say, "I can do this." Right. Yeah. And whatever they choose to do, yeah. whether it's write a book like, like Matthew's done yeah. or start a company like you've done, mm -hmm. if, if, if they believe in themselves, then they can make it work. Right. And if they support each other, too, that 
girls need to support girls and women need to support women and, and, and just to really, you know, lift each other up and, and help each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, people need to do that in general. Yeah, people need to do that in general. But yes. for, for some reason, you know, and I, I, I have to tell you, I, um, I admire how women can get together and not have the ego base that men generally have <laughs> when they are getting together. Because when men kind of get together, we kind of circle each other and, and check each other out and make sure who's tougher and who can do this. Women, are you're, you're a lot more nurturing to each other, don't you think? Something I used to do with my daughter is I would take her to local restaurants that had the bar, and we would sit as close <laughs> as we could to the bar where the guys were. Because after a while, here comes that eagle. They're out bragging one another. And I see, now you got to keep a straight face. You're not laughing at them. It'll hurt them. So that would be her entertainment for a while. I said, this is what guys do. Right. <laughs> we are a pretty useless species. No. Uh, <laughs> no. But, but don't you find that to be true, that, that, yeah. that women tend to be a little, well, I take that, uh, you know, I take that back. Because I've also been in situations where you'll have, uh, when, I, when I was younger, there were like eight guys sitting around and two girls mm -hmm. in, in this group and we're having you know having a bit of a party or whatever and drinking a few beers or whatever mm -hmm. and um, one of the girls will get up and leave and the other girls say did you see what she did yes yes girls can be really tough they can be really tough on each other it's yeah. it's a really competitive yes. thing as well yes. so yeah how do you get people to nurture each other yeah you know and i think a lot of it is just um you know if you believe in yourself and you don't feel and you got to let go of, um, of, you know, really comparing yourself to other people, then you will be more accepting of other people, right? If you don't feel threatened, if you don't feel, um, you know, less than yourself, then, then you won't look at others in that way of wanting to put them down. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Matthew, anything for you? I like exactly what you said about esteem and everything. We get people who are our own worst critics, and then we find out, consider the source. Look beyond that barrier. Look at that dream. There's a reason right. why God allowed you to have that dream. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I don't know that God allowed you. You get to have that. You get to, That's free will, my friend. You get to do anything you choose to do. Well, he set the stage, and there it is, and you're going to notice it. Well, I, I you have to, <laughs> you have to do what you're made up of to get there. No, you get to choose what you're made up of. That's, that's, that's the, true. yeah, that's in, true. That's in, true. In my opinion, I can choose to be anything I choose. Well, okay. I can't be <laughs> six foot 10 and dunk a basketball. That's a fact. Right. I can't right. do that. Yeah. But I can be a hell of a three point shooter. Right. Or at least I could have been at one point or another. Yeah. Well, you have to identify with the hand you were dealt and then from there address life and but you, it's all out there for anyone and you get to choose the hand that you're dealt and you get to change the dynamic of that i'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a great example i know a gal she when she was a kid she had heart problems and she had heart surgeries. And, and when she grew up, she, run, she ran marathons. She started her own company. Do you, do you know who that is? <laughs> oh, you know, there's been a lot of hiccups along the way, right? And of a lot of self-doubt. There's anxiety. There's things that, you know, lots of, lots of struggles. You know, when we were on Martha Norwalk's show, what date was that again, Matt? That was on the 23rd. Yeah, and you can go to, where can they go to, to listen to that show if they well, want to? It was to. on February 23rd, and it is Martha Norwalk's Animal World Audio Archives. 
Cool. So they can go there and listen to that show. But one of the things that we talked about a lot was, and you talked about it earlier, is cold calling. Yeah. The most difficult way to make a living known to man. Right, right. Because what you're doing is you're walking into a place which is inherently unfriendly. Right. Because there, there's probably a no solicitation sign sitting yes. on the door. Yes. And you're not supposed to go in there and solicit sales in there. And so you walk in there and you have to present yourself in a really positive way right. to to even talk to these folks it may it's really difficult to do you have to have a really positive mindset don't you right right for sure and you just you've got to know that you're going to have so many people sh shut the door in your face tell you no and that you just have to believe in the product you're selling and even more than that is to you know um they don't have to believe in your product they have to believe that you believe your product right so that you have to convince them that this is the you know you believe it you believe that this is the best product and why it's going to be easy for them and why they need it and why it will change their lives and so I think you know a lot of it is just uh, I love to just show up places and my poor kids are always embarrassed because I'll just <laughs> I'm like oh wait wait I haven't been in this little store wait just a second I'm gonna go in and you know I just show up with samples and I just say hey this is who I am this is my product girl power sport we're made in the United States we're made in Washington State uh, our product is amazing the products are gonna are going to transform your business. No stone left unturned. Right, right. And, you know, and it's hard, uh, you know, it's harder for people to say no when you're face-to-face. -face, where on the phone is a lot easier to say no. So sometimes just that going face-to-face. -face, um, I love to go kind of to the outskirts. I'll go to small towns. And a lot of times some of those places people don't go as often. And so they are often a little bit more willing to kind of see the product and see what it is. And, and they appreciate it that somebody would drive all the way out to see them. Well, yeah, because a lot of people don't... Don't yeah. do that. Right. And right. they, if they, they do it on the phone or they do it via the web or whatever, but it, yeah. you're right. It's, it's a completely different animal. But mm -hmm. when I was, Matt, when I was, when I was in sales and I was a sales manager, I would tell my guys that if they didn't feel it that day, if they didn't feel pumped up enough to go, to go do a cold call, don't. Don't. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. if you're if you're not prepared yep. for to really go for it at a hundred percent, then you're wasting their time and you're wasting your time. Yeah, and you're also kind of creating a bad, you know, experience of the image of the company too. So it's like you want to be. I always feel like people have to see things three times before they purchase it. So yep. it might be like a, you might have called them, it might be an email, and then they've seen the product, or you've come in there three times. Sometimes it's just it's that repetition, and so you're wanting to make a connection, right? And so we we've been talking about energy, and so your energy and their energy is gonna, um, you know, read at each other. And so if you find a way to make a connection, that makes the world a difference. And actually, the same thing applies if you're looking for a job. Yeah. If yes. you, if sure. you're looking forward to change, change your life in some way, especially looking for a job, you need to go in at least three times. Mm -hmm. We told our guys that you need to be prepared to go into a place to cold call them 10 times yeah. before you even begin to have an idea right. of whether or not they're going to accept you or not. Right. And, and of course, the guys that were – it's easy as a sales manager – to tell somebody you need to go in there 10 times. Yeah. It's hard to be that guy and to go in there 10 times when the eighth time the guy's looking at you like, get out. Get out. Right. Get out. <laughs> get right. out. Right. Going way back to my high school years, I had sort of a secret hobby. I would send out resumes mm -hmm. 
and I learned not to mail them to hand deliver them. Yes, makes a huge difference. It made all the difference in the world. Yeah. And something else I used to do, a little secret, I did janitor work on purpose, mm-hmm. ulterior motive, because I would have the bosses of that company be, catch me being good, working very hard, feverishly, and hoping it would tantalize them into a conversation right. that for minimum wage, I am doing this and I'm doing a great job. I was getting an audition right at their office. Yeah. That's why I did it. Yeah. I, li- I like that. I was a janitor yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I was. Could you be a janitor on accident? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, that's been known to happen, and I don't put a stigma on the trade, but I was no. trying to get in their office, one way I can go to the front desk and introduce myself and hand a resume, but if I can get in his office, polish, clean, vacuum, amazing, respect him, they're noticing my work ethic at rock bottom pay, a job that some people might think they're above. Right. But that's what got me in the Teamsters. I went to the Longshoremen years ago. I was doing that. Their list was too long, but they asked me if I wanted on it. I get them to notice me doing that level and doing it good. Wow. And, j- and just great. just so you know, I have got the up- utmost respect for janitors, window washers, and those people because without them, we would be a lot dirtier. And as a matter of fact, my baseball coach fell out of fifth store window when oh, he was. My. He was my ba- my little league baseball coach, oh, and he was gosh. a he was a window washer, wow. and he fell to his death. So I so very sorry. Not only are is it a dangerous job, it is, in his mind, it was a really fulfilling job. Yeah. So it is what you make it. Right. Everything in life, it is what you make it, yeah. and that's what we are going to make Power Girl Wednesdays. Or awesome. Is is going to be? We want it to be present really powerful women who. Not threatening women, but powerful women yeah, who can do some extraordinary things. One of the things that always gets me is uh, the differences between men and women is a, a, a snarky guy would be considered, oh, he's, he's intelligent, he's powerful, he's tough. A, a uh, snarky woman would be, oh, she's a bitch. She's, right, she's right. nasty. She's, yes, you know, yeah. she's just not very nice. How do we get past that? I know. And you even when you were saying, you know, sometimes women and men have to be threatening sometimes, you know, in certain positions, certain, certain times. Sometimes that's what's necessary. Um, right. And so I think that just trying to change that stigma of, you know, women can be powerful, they can be nurturing, they can be all these different things. And, and the, you know, and men can be that way too. So um, that, that we're not just one thing or another. You know, and we talked about this, and uh, I, I'm going to repeat this story because it it uh, uh, was really cool of what my dad did. Yeah. My dad was a manager at Nordstrom for many, many years, and I was a shoe salesman, like I said earlier, and for a little while, and uh, I was at the it and in the back of the shoe department at Aurora Village, but now it's a Costco, but it used to be Aurora Village back then. And uh, I was standing there with a guy that reminded me of uh, uh, an old time, you know, like hippie drummer yeah. kind of guy. And he had a raspy voice and he smoked a lot and stuff. And, and, and he had a good friend that was also a sales guy. And they would stand in the back and just kind of shoot the breeze and talk back and forth. And, and, uh, and he told me a story that my dad did one time. He said, you know, I, I respected the hell out of your old man. I said, well, why? And, and, and I know he, I, he's my dad. I love him. He said, there was one time me and this guy were standing in the back, and that's all we ever did. We didn't go sell shoes. We just stood in the back a lot. And my dad, your dad came up to me and he said, came up to both of us when we were standing there, and he said, you know, I like you both, but 
you can't work together. So one of you got to go. And, and I, I looked at the other guy and I said, well, you know, you need the job more than me. So I guess I'm going, but, and, but I respect your dad a great deal for that and, and stuff But that's, and I don't know why I brought that up. I just had to bring that up. I love it. I love it. You know, yeah. work ethic. Yeah, yeah. Work ethic. And your dad was a legend. He was a legend. There's lots of stories and awesome things about him and the company. And, um, yes, he, he, he really contributed and worked super hard for the company. But what he did was, was he empowered people to go be who they could be. Right, yeah. But he didn't take any nonsense. Yeah. If you decided you didn't want to be that, you didn't have to be, but you couldn't stay. Right, right. And he was very nice about you not staying. Yeah. He wasn't mean or nasty or anything. He just was like, hey, man, you can't use you. Sorry, go find something else that you want to do. Right. And I've done that. I, You know, when I was in management, I would say that to folks. Uh, I, there were three in particular that uh, when I took over this particular sales group and I said, you know, you need to go find something you really want to do yeah. and not do this because you don't want to do this. I can tell. And uh, I saw, so I fired him mm -hmm. and about six months later I ran into him and he said, you know what? I am so happy you fired me. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to go on my own, but I'm so much happier now with what I'm doing. Right. You know, so, so People need to follow their passion or at, at, or at least find their passion. Yeah. It is so cool that you have found your passion in life and are really taking it to the next level in all phases. It's, it's really amazing. How did you, how did you get to be that the way you are? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. You know, I think, you know, people, um, I think just, and maybe it is because of what's gone on with me with my heart that, um, you know, maybe that has made me a little bit more in tuned or just a little bit, um, because life is fragile that has pushed those emotions, you know, to the forefront of just really wanting to, um, you know, use this time wisely while we're here on this earth and, and what, you know, what we're going to do. And I think, um, you know, I have lots of moments of doubt and worry, um, but I, I feel that this is my mission, you know, that this is my calling is to share this, uh, my, you know, my story and, um, uh, my vision of girl power and, you know, it just, uh, I feel really blessed. I definitely, I mean, there has been a lot of struggles along the way. And, you know, when you're talking about trying to go back and try and try and try and one of kind of my biggest struggles, uh, when I first launched the company four and a half years ago, I was super excited to, I wanted to go to magic. And so those of you who are in the retail business, you know, it's a big giant trade show that's in Las Vegas. It's, and it's called magic magic. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so it's a, this acronym and I'm going to get it wrong exactly what it stands for, but um, it's a big show and it's very expensive to go. And I just was like, I have this mission. I'm going to share this with the world. Everybody's going to love it. And they're going to want to write lots of orders. And so I was like telling my husband, I'm like, no, I really want to do this. And, and he's like, well, it's kind of a lot of money. And I'm like, no, 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 it's going to be amazing. And he just is just my biggest supporter. And so we, I prepare, I, I get the smallest booth because it's just super expensive. And, um, you know, and I attended the show a lot as a buyer. So with Nordstrom and with Zulily, I had been there as a buyer. So this was the first time, um, on the other side as a vendor, as a manufacturer. And so I get there, um, you know, I have this tiny booth. Uh, there's all these kinds of regulations at trade shows that, uh, if you're going to have your 
stuff brought in, you have to pay the union workers, it gets very expensive. And so you could bring in as much as you could carry on your back. So literally like I had like all these bags and I'm just like dragging <laughs> them literally and sweating and you know, like <laughs> oh sure, getting all the stuff there, get set up. So the show um, made lots of connections, lots of connections, right? Goes, okay, but you know what? I didn't have any hard orders at that point. And I, um, I got orders out of it, but a lot of it, though, it's so interesting. It's just like making those connections. And we were talking about energy and um, ener my energy going with, um, you know, feeding off of other people's energy. And I remember this was probably one of the lowest points uh, in the business. We leave the show and I'm like, we have not recouped our costs. And I just I remember dragging all that stuff back out <laughs> of the show on my back right and just waiting there for the uber and just thinking oh no like what is this worth it is this going to be anything is anything going to come of this just this horrible feeling of you know I'm letting my family down I'm letting my husband down I'm letting everybody who believed in me down and and you know the thing was um I had to feel it and so I think sometimes when you're going through something hard you have to like take a moment and just like feel that sorrow, feel that pain, let it kind of come in your body and then find a way to get it, you know, to move it out. There's an awful lot of trial and error right. when you are launching something new. Yeah. And of course you're peddling yourself and you're dealing with all walks of life. I think the golden thing is that you don't quit. You don't give up. You might take a time out, regroup, reassess, yeah. but you get back in that saddle. You get right. out there again. Right. The key is having the courage to do that yeah because and and the belief in self because most people don't have that yeah. if if you say no it's it's like when i was 16 and there was a beautiful girl on the other side of the dance floor and i went over there and they said you want to dance she said no i never asked another girl out again because it was like i don't want to be rejection i right. hate rejection rejection yeah i did an awful lot of trial and error before i finally got published and I met people who were greatly qualified, people who were English teachers at high school. And when they got their first rejection, they quit. Mm. Oh, my gosh, we all get rejected all the time. Everybody does. Yeah. But they quit at the very first barrier. Well, I'm not God's gift to writing. I'm going through my learning curve, but I'm tenacious. I keep yeah. going forward, two right. steps forward, one backwards. But these people that are halfway there, they quit on the first one, and then we get the leases out there that'll defy doctors, defy life. You don't quit. You don't quit, but, yeah. And there's a reason why that is, and it comes from within you. Yeah, you know, I think, um, and, and I think a lot of it, you know, definitely does come back to my heart. It's just that I feel this urgency to just use the time wisely, right, and to really make something. And I... Um, you know, and it's funny because of that show, literally, I mean, it sometimes things just take a while, right? And you have to work really hard. And um, we're now, we now saw a product um, online at Macy's and that contact came from that show four and a half years ago. So it's sometimes it just, we just it recently just, launched on Macy's. So sometimes it just takes a long time and you just have to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. When we did the Animal World show a couple of weeks ago, I openly said, you are a motivation speaker in the making. Thank you. Are you considering that? And please say yes. Sweet. So sweet. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you know, I, so she, need, so she needs to develop more time in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I do, I do feel that 
that is something that is on my radar that I would love to to grow in. And and I think, you know, I myself, you know, the way that you take rejection from um, cold calling and everything else, um, I have to definitely fuel my spirit. And, you know, I listen to, you know, if you listen to, actually to this podcast right here, you know, my independence report, there's so many inspiring people that will help fuel you. I listen to Tony Robbins and my lead. I really try and like really kind of take myself out of that rejection and turn it into something good. See, what I was thinking was, was that rather than being a motivational speaker, that maybe, maybe you could like, um, I don't know, go do some radio show or something like that. And you could get by and talk to a lot of people about what fuels you and some really cool stuff. Maybe you could do it like on, I don't know, Wednesdays. Wednesdays right. Yeah, Girl be, power Wednesdays. That right would be here. awesome. Yes. Yeah. Just tune in here. We're going to have some really amazing people that will inspire us and you as well. Exactly. And, and it's going to be, so this is the format for Wednesday's My Independence Report is going to be that we're going to talk about women, women's issues, and how to empower women to be the best that they can be. Love it. And to understand who they really are. Because most of us don't really get who we really are. Right. And, and it will be nice. That will be fun. And yeah. it's nice to have somebody who can validate that like you can. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm still growing and learning so much every day and, and every day's, you know, different. Right. And, and, uh, so yeah, you know, I just try and stick to my routines and, and things that I know that will help kind of nourish my soul. Oh, very nice. Very nice. And you have a lovely supportive family. Yeah. And now how old are your kids again? Yeah. So, um, so I have two kiddos that are 11 and 14 and I have two amazing step kids that are 11 and 16. So all middle school and high schoolers. So how do the uh, two 11-year-olds get along? They get along great. So our, our family, we have kind of a funny dynamic, and they will laugh at this. But um, so my husband and his two kiddos are very even personalities. And um, so my husband is an engineer, super smart, very kind of just even, I'd say. And so they are all beyond brilliant, beyond like gifted, brilliant, brilliant. And then, um, and then they're just kind of even, and then you have me and my kids who are very passionate, energetic, like we're up and down, up and down, up and, and down. Left, left brain versus right brain yes. thing. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, and we've had, uh, all three of us had struggles with different things and academics and just, just in different, different ways. And so, um, you know, and my kids and I, we, we cry and have, are like almost every day somebody cries somebody's really excited somebody's like you know just super passionate about something and then um and then we have the other three who are just even and just kind of like a rock but sometimes we just have a hard time understanding each other because I'll be looking at them going did you like this I can't tell like you or you know or or you know and so it's it's really funny so we even each other out because there's three and three it's that engineer thing. Yes. They, they, the, those engineers yeah. have got a whole different, they yes. became engineers because their minds work in a certain right. way. Right, right, right. Yes. It's completely different than yeah. they could, they could no more do what you're doing right now than fly to the moon. But, but he can, he can tell us how the microphone is built. Right, right. And you know, there's balance in all things, right? So it's, it's good. You get a straight man with a comedy team. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and it works. It, it works really well. By the way, we're talking with Lisa Fairman. She is the CEO, head bottle washer of 
Girl Power Sport. You can find us at girlpowersport.com. And this is a segment that we are going to do every Wednesday. We're going to bring on some of the most incredible women on the planet, hopefully, and she's going to help us do that. I'm so excited. It's, it's, it's going to be Kevin. great fun. Thank you, Matt. And Matt is sitting over there. And uh, um, Matt, go ahead and take a couple of moments because we're going to wrap this up because i got to go to the doctor fairly soon. So we're going to wrap up this podcast. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about your uh, one of your latest books. Well, I'm playing second fiddle after you, Lisa. Oh, this not is true. twice not in a true. row. But anyway, uh, I have a book out that I'm very proud of. It's a three-in-one. It is called Judge Alvin Wong in the Mouse That Roared. Plus, Lord Town and other short stories, and the world's greatest rock star and other short stories. And this is on my website, Matt Shea Books, S H E A, MattSheaBooks.com. Lots of samples. I write everybody who writes me. And if we could swing it, I'd like to meet you at a coffee shop. I could sign a book for you, and you could tell me all about yourself. And unless they, of course, That's live it. in like New York, then, then they're going to have to fly you there to do that. So. <laughs> anyway and and this is by the way this is my independence report this is a podcast that we are going to be doing live god willing and the and the machine doesn't break down uh we're going to be doing this live every tuesday wednesday thursday and friday and i would really like to encourage you to tune in next uh march 10th i don't exactly have the time yet because the publicist I'm talking to a publicist. Ooh. Hasn't had a chance to uh, tell me yet. But John Edward, the international psychic medium, is going to be here. And we are going to be taking your calls so you have the opportunity. By the way, just so you know, if you want to talk, if you want to get a reading from John Edward, you can go to his website to get a reading. All you have to do is wait two and a half years and pay $800. You can be able to do it live right here for free if you uh, um, if you tune in next Tuesday, March tenth, um, and I'll I'll post the time on my website as soon as I get it. And, and so, but pay attention, yes, Matthew. And we have someone very special for tomorrow. Yes, we do. Tell us about that. We have Eileen Grimes. To many of you, you know her as Jupiter Rising. She is a world-renowned astrologer. She has a fantastic show. She's a lot of fun, and she likes to answer questions. Oh, well, I'm good. Have to tune in. That's awesome. Great. Oh, she's a, she's remarkable. Yeah. And she will not. She'll be on the phone with us, and so yes. unless we unless you can figure out how to get her here, so. We okay. So, given that, uh, I I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go? Um, everyone, just believe in yourself. You've got the power from within. Ooh, I wish I'd have said that. Dang, say that again. Believe in yourself. You have the power within. Matthew, I could only back that up. There are no barriers with this girl power stuff, and that applies to all of us, all boys of us. too. Yes. But Girl Wednesday, no barriers. Go for it. Awesome. And everybody, so take care of yourselves. Be kind to one another because each other is all we've got. <laughs>